With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, it's your uh, giant city-destroying radioactive bruiser here. And it is I, your half-rose, half-Godzilla, half-a-dead-lady plant monster, Jake Bruiser. I already forgot which one we did. (laughs) I was the wizard. Okay, good, it worked out. (laughs) And we have a guest today, Jake. Oh shit, are we about to get outclassed severely? (laughs) Um, yeah. Oh, uh, on the line with us, <laughs> calling live from the uh, proud north, uh, Matt, Matt McMuscles, how you doing? Uh, hello, thanks for having me, and I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring there. One half, one magical tiny fairy princess <laughs> from Infant <laughs> Island, and also the other half of the other sister that's a magical fairy princess from Infant Island. So, yes, thank you guys for, for having me. I forget their names. Uh, I don't know everything about I, Godzilla and Kaiju. I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing myself under the bus because, you know, I've been covering this stuff for a couple of years and people love to tell me, um, actually, in Godzilla versus Baragon, uh, that didn't really, I'm like, I don't, I never said, I, I don't know everything, guys. All right, good. Leave me alone. Because so. while I was cramming for this episode, that was my exact fear about, uh, <laughs> uh having you on this show because I'm just like, there's too much here. There is so much here, Jake. There is, there is, um... Uh, how I didn't even write down the number. It's uh, of of entries in here. It's twenty nine. I want to say it's twenty nine. Yeah, I want to say it's twenty nine entries. This is uh, something that goes. Well, all the way I back count to... each episode of Zone Fighter as its own miniature film, there so I count it way higher. And that's just that's just Godzilla. I mean, not counting any of the you know spinoff movies uh, with the other kaiju monsters, and uh, it is it is um, intense. It is intense and uh, awesome, and I've, I feel like I've gotten like such a. I guess you know what? Let's start it with the personal experience. A lot of times, we like to start our episodes with what your personal experience is with Godzilla. For me personally, to let the cat a little bit out of the bag, I just feel like Godzilla was something that was just always in the background uh, on television in other movies, and uh, <laughs> and and you know, and in my life a little bit. You know, it was always like that daytime movie just on. You know, but I never did like a deep. Dive on That's it. amazing you say that because the having the Godzilla movie on in the background literally is movie shorthand for idle afternoon. Yes, yes, and absolutely. that's what Godzilla is for me. It's idle afternoon movies. Mm-hmm. Like I'm homesick, or it's Saturday, it's or like just, comfort food. 
in, in a, no, in a lot of ways. It's just colors and noises that is very cheap <laughs> to produce. It, on the surface, it's just, though. It's, it's sound and thunder, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 the people screaming, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just for, for a very long period of time. But there's so much actually uh, deep in, inside this genre, this, this, uh, this, this uh, creature film that that uh i feel like it's passed over in in certain ways that i'm excited to kind of dive into and then of course like i feel like the first godzilla proper film that i saw in the theaters was 1998's godzilla which, <laughs> is a, which, which i come with me please please the lyrics that define a generation <laughs> uh-huh yeah Matt, uh, as a, as as a G fan, and I, I checked, that's what you people wish to be called. Uh, as a G fan, what like indoctrinated you into the lifestyle? Well, as a master of the G spot, um, <laughs> one of my earliest I can think of uh, uh, indoctrinations into Godzilla is not watching it at all, but looking at all the VHS covers mm. at my local video store and the section I wasn't allowed. Well, there's two sections I wasn't allowed to go. One was the obvious one because I wasn't of age to go back through the saloon doors. And mm. the other one was uh, kind of the R-rated like action movie section. And they'd slap tons of Godzilla films with all the incredible like painted uh, box arts. Um, you know, it's always versus uh mecha godzilla or or you know ghidorah and all that stuff and i was just like wow my parents are like no I'm like, oh <laughs> okay um so i would occasionally catch one i think the first one i ever saw was uh godzilla 1985 which probably i must have seen in like i don't know the early 90s or something um and that one that one's weird because it's not even really called that i think it I think in Japan it's just called Godzilla or Return of Godzilla, but yes, Return to, of Godzilla. It's, it's Godzilla 1985 in the. Um, but that was the start of the Heisei. Heisei. I've never actually had to yeah, say. It I out never. Loud. I don't. Don't even ask me. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Basically, the, uh, if there's a bunch of lasers and they're at night, it's a Heisei movie. Also, if he's got the fattest thighs, if he's got, if he like really needs to get on a stairmaster, that's got that's the Heisei era. Yeah. <laughs> So okay, so and Jake, did you have do you have a special sort of love uh, d- d- uh, ranging back in the day of Godzilla? Do you have an experience with Godzilla? Uh, just like surreal, half formed memories of all like the bonkers visuals of like the Showa era kitty movies that they uh-huh. would play on WPIX uh, Channel Eleven yes. on like Saturday afternoons after the cartoons were over, and my parents were like. Please, Jake, please go outside. Please talk to a friend. Please, we beg you. And I'm like, okay, you make a really good point. On the other hand, this guy in a construction uniform is talking to a child, and they got to make sure that this moth dies. Yeah, yeah. It was. was no, I'm sorry. The moth is the friend. The so moth Manila, was Manila was your Barney. Is that oh, what you're saying? God. Yeah. Are we going to talk about Manila today? Yes, we're talking about Manila today. Or are you talking about Minya? Minya. Oh, is that the name? Oh, my bad. So, no, th- it has multiple names. Oh, no, okay. you're, you're correct. <laughs> That it makes so much sense because fuck, I was watching um which one the uh, uh Final Wars today yeah. and it was Minya yeah, yeah. in Final Wars in the official in the Japanese movies they would just call him Godzilla's son or like Godzilla's child and then in the Heisei area I believe he's called Godzilla Junior. That's a different that's a different baby dinosaur. Don't get <laughs> it the, is. don't you dare confuse Godzilla Junior with Minya. 
<laughs> so this goes all the way back to, um, well, a little before, uh, but 1954. Uh, Godzilla, the very first one, produced and distributed by Toho, headquartered in Tokyo. Toho was created by Ichizo Kobayashi, the founder of Hankyu Railway in 1932. It was originally called the Tokyo Takarazuka. I'm going to butcher these names as per usual. Tokyo Takarazuka Theater Company, and between um, uh, Tokyo Takarazuka Theater and uh, and uh, what was the other one? Show Chiku. They pretty much had a duopoly over all of the theaters in Japan mm. for the most part, and that was kind of where they got their big start. Um, but then they started making movies, and uh, they wanted to compete with the influx of Hollywood films coming out. So they start focusing on getting in new directors and stuff like that. They also Toho takes over the La Brea Theater in LA to show films without needing a distributor and that is actually how uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters King of Monsters right the the Americanization of the 1954 Godzilla kind of gets gets happens gets mm. discovered uh, essentially right. and, and is made to be that's the Raymond Burr version uh, yes yeah. that is the Raymond Burr version yes I never actually I only saw the um like Gojira like the full Japanese version when there was like a new print of it it, over a decade ago it's like a criterion yeah it was it seeing it in theater was amazing Mm. uh so I know nothing of Raymond Burr uh I do know that his character's name is Steve Martin (laughs) yes which is a lot yeah the journalist Steve Martin (laughs) and in subsequent like I think in uh in Godzilla I think in Godzilla 85 or some new thing they brought back Raymond Burr and they could only refer to him as Mr. Martin without like completely destroying any credibility the plot (laughs) Um, that's such a good factoid because it's like we we couldn't have known we couldn't have known that in the 80s this this perpetually white-haired man would become so popular they should have all these comedies. He's going to destroy our movie. If only they had cast Steve, the actual Steve Martin in the later Godzilla films uh, to reprise the role. I think that would have been phenomenal. He would have nailed it. He would have uh, killed it. That would have been good. <laughs> been good. Um, so I do want to talk about Ishiro Honda, who was the director for the first Godzilla, because his uh, backstory is batshit insane. Well, rather yeah. like, to talk about Ishiro Honda's life, you might as well just talk about the history of Japan, because it yes. has it has Buddhist temples yes. and rice farming mm-hmm. and soy sauce production and horrific <laughs> war crimes in China. Insane the whole War crimes, his, his commanding officer staged a coup, and he was uh, captured by the Chinese uh, Revolutionary Army, but made friends with them, and then they all like loved him, and then he should have died because a mortar shell fell right next to him, but it didn't go off, and he kept that mortar shell in his study on, a, on his desk for the rest of his life. Jake? Uh, I, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go out and say that Ishiro Honda has an incredibly, uh, incredibly interesting life. A lot of the information, especially if you look it up online, is from his like own like autobio like book. Mm. So that's like a certain thing to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran the comfort women camps, but I was one of the cool ones. <laughs> like That's a weird cop Jeez. out. So he starts actually working for, uh, I believe, Toho. Like before the war, and then he gets drafted. So that by the time he returns to Toho, they are now mm. making movies for the army, essentially, yeah. and it's all just propaganda movies uh, uh, during the war effort and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What's What's fascinating though is um, he ends up working with uh, Akira Kurosawa around that time, and he works with him on a film called Stray Dog, and that's kind of where they they become lifelong friends during during all that. But anyways, uh, he he is selected to direct the very first 
Godzilla film, but uh, that that sort of comes about in kind of an interesting way where they were uh, ha- asked to, let's see, where is it, Tanaka? Tanaka writes an outline. He, okay, this is a producer at Toho. He's right. he's trying to get a movie made with um, Indonesia, and something. There's a conflict. They can't get it done. So on the flight back to Japan, they, there, there's some. The history of Japan is just them pissing off every other nation in Asia <laughs> constantly. <laughs> yeah, there was a forced political pressure on the government to deny visas for the Japanese filmmakers. They couldn't get it done. On his way home, he conceives of an idea about a giant monster film inspired by 1953's The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Are you familiar yeah, with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, you see clips of it. Also, like around the same time, Superman had like a big animated dinosaur. The dinosaurs were big. People wanted to see dinosaurs in motion and movies were ready to fill that void. So uh, he pitches this um, idea to executive producer Iwao Mori and they get special effects director uh, Eiji Suburaya on board. Yep. And now he's like... Wait, he's- Matt, what do you know about Eiji? Uh, well, one of the... Um- I want to say like a year ago, I just bought a uh, a novel. Well, not a novel, but like a, a book about like his life, specifically E.G. and like all the special effects work. Like, oh, he also in his time off created Ultraman. Yes. <laughs> was like, I'm going to shit this out. I don't even care about it. I'm going to, oh, whatever, fucking giant robot, which really in terms of all mecha and giant robots was the start. Yeah, was like all, Ultraman is as as far as I know is as far back as it goes. So like Subaraya just as important as like Honda or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where like even his garbage was amazing. <laughs> I don't like need... <laughs> he, he wouldn't even try, and amazing stuff would come out of it. So. I forgot to cross check with our Power Rangers episode because I bet There's like all those stuff. Tokusatsu guys yeah. were just like. In a big yeah, money yeah. pile together. There's, there's, there are some connections we're gonna get to from from the Power Rangers episode for sure. Uh, yeah, he he got his start uh, at the R and D department of the Utsumi Toy Company, and at a company party in 1919. Is that really 1919? That must have been later than that. He was <laughs> offered a job by director Yoshiro Edamasa, an assistant uh, to uh, the the job of assistant cinematographer at the Nihon Cinema Cinematograph Company. Uh, uh, later known as Nikatsu. Uh, yeah. In 1926, he became a full-time cameraman at uh, Shochiku Kyoto Studios, where he became the first person to use a camera crane in a Japanese film. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. That's an interesting tidbit for people to take home. You'll rem- uh, hold on to that memory of Godzilla and cranes when we uh, get to Shin Godzilla. He also you can s- pick up anyone in a bar with that fact. <laughs> Uh, he also started doing other special effects things, though, like the superimposition technique where you're like essentially placing images over other mm-hmm. images to create things. Starts getting well-known for special effects. Uh, there's, there's a quote from him that kind of uh, brought him towards Godzilla. When I worked for Nikatsu Studios, King Kong came to Kyoto, and I never forgot that movie. I thought to myself, I will someday make a monster movie like that. And that monster movie was... Gamera. Gamera, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, he ends up working at Toho in the, uh, uh, the, as the head of visual special visual techniques in 1938. He's supervising 60 craftsmen, technicians, and cameramen uh, when he essentially gets uh, signed on to make uh, this Godzilla film. Uh, they call it Project G, short for giant. And 
They hire Shigeru Kayama to write the story, which is quite different. Uh, he, Godzilla in this, um, before he was even called Godzilla, was more animal-like, coming to shore only for food, uh, and has like a sort of King Kong-ish interest. He kidnaps in ladies. Yeah, he likes, he's horny for ladies. He's horny for babes. <laughs> he likes their boobs and the other stuff uh, on, the, on them. Uh, <laughs> even the gross bits. Even the gross stuff that's nasty. He's like, the poop, I'll take it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Shiro Honda co uh, but then Honda co-writes the screenplay with a man named Takeo Murata and uh, they do it over a three week period consi- confining themselves in a Japanese inn in Tokyo's Shibuya ward they made several changes to Kayama's story they add that fucking weird love triangle and uh, do you remember that? oh right yeah it's different they actually cut the love triangle out of um, Godzilla King of Monsters a mm. lot because they yeah, were trying to yeah. make it more for children, essentially. Um, they also cut all that, uh, you know, nuclear warfare's bad stuff out as much as they could. <laughs> can't can't let the kids figure that out. <laughs> did they nuclear still have... Nuclear war is bad. <laughs> Wait, did they leave the uh, entire families clutching together, embracing the knowledge that they're going to die in a burning building? Because <laughs> I don't think so. The, yeah, I don't that think first they're... Godzilla movie... <laughs> Really, like it, it focuses on the actual human beings that are just fucked by a Godzilla rampage way more than like a lot of subs than like most of the rest of the filmography. Also, I, I don't know the way the way you said that makes me think of like the these these civilians just looking up and going, "We're getting fucked by a Godzilla <laughs> rampage. Let's get out of here. We like, should make a video game out of it. We'll call it <laughs> Rampage. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a different uh, movie." <laughs> But but you're right because the first film like we're not getting to the film itself yet but like it is it is a lot darker than people realize yes. especially um, the uh, Gojira original. I feel yeah. like it's more akin to like Night of the Living Dead or something like that. Yeah, or it's yeah. A, it's uh, on its on its face. It's you know uh, what uh, sparked a campy media right. thing. But at the end of the day, it had much deeper implications, which is why I'm jumping way the fuck ahead. Which is why part of why I love Shin Godzilla so much. <laughs> Because I feel like it returns to to that stuff, and and throughout the series they return to those things. They try to get back to those um, nuclear war, and I think one of the most interesting things to me, because yeah, I'm jumping ahead now too, but I, it really struck me that was this maybe the first film in America. Once they did Americanize it and everything, was this one of the first films in America that had Japanese uh, protagonists? That had, or, or, or you know, I know that the main protagonist was American, but for the most part, it's like they're Japanese good guys, and there are still some of those uh, nuclear holocaust implications in it that they weren't weren't quite able to like carve out of it. And was this kind of the first time people were seeing that? I mean, a- anime at the time wasn't really. Was it on that tick yet? I don't even know if like Tezuka so. was like putting together Astro Boy at this point. I, I don't think, have the right? timeline. Yeah, I don't have me. the timeline me- blind either. But I feel like this was like Godzilla, uh, the 1954 Godzilla was the first kind of piece of media to really attack that um, subject. And even the Japanese felt like it was too soon. They were literally calling too soon on it. Like it didn't, when it first came out, it it didn't really get a, a very positive reaction. It took, oddly enough, it took America, uh, the Americanization popularity to get word back to Japan that it was getting popular over there. And then apparently that sort of drove the success of the franchise further in mm. Japan, which is kind of fucked up to me. I, I think I read somewhere either in the the novel I, I mentioned before that like a lot of the appeal in America was like 
you can't really get a much better, more headline-grabbing subtitle to your movie than King of the Monsters. Because <laughs> it's very, like, America, 1950s, 1960s, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this is the best one. Like, can't get better than this guy. He's so cool, this big fella. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, 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 that, like, when the American distributors, you know, decide, well, what are we going to call it? We what What does Gojira mean? That's nonsense word. That's nonsense. Oh, it's a mixture between... God- a- it's a mixture between a gorilla and a whale. Whale, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so let's call it Godzilla. That makes way more sense. But like um, King of the Monsters was just kind of what like a lot of the draw was as, as far as I read, like to get people into the theaters. They're like, oh, cool. Like, what's that? That sounds uh, that sounds really interesting. And, I love um, monarchies. I love monsters. <laughs> I got to check this out. I love kings. <laughs> So Godzilla is designed by Tetsuo Toshimitsu and Akira Watanabe under Subara, uh, Suburaya's supervision. I got all those words out, Jake. Good for you. Uh, they end up de- deciding to base him, obviously, on dinosaurs. They combine elements of a Tyrannosaurus, Iguanodon, and the dorsal fins of a Stegosaurus. With the skin texture inspired by keloid scars, which yeah. uh, were seen on Hiroshima survivors. These are firm, rubbery lesions. Mm. And don't Google image search it, because that's a mistake. Uh, yeah. I like I like the revelation that um, Godzilla in this design has gills that you can locate uh, under the chin, around the neck area, these tiny pinholes that you can see. Uh, they're definitely not the only way that the actor could breathe or see where he's going. <laughs> Those are his gills. <laughs> Definitely I, not. <laughs> originally, Suburaya actually wanted it to be Suburaya. Yes, originally wanted it to be stop motion animation, a la King Kong, but they realized that that would take seven years. <laughs> so, uh, and they just didn't have the the staff or the resources to really get it done. So they end up going, of course, with suitmation, which is the first time I'd seen that. Yeah, word that before. word does not what make sense. That that's that's the blast processing of the day. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> fucking Bullshit. thank you, suitmation. Even when you click on suitmation in Wikipedia. They, they literally they, they redirect like did you mean a fucking costume <laughs> <laughs> wait did you mean nothing <laughs> I guess if there's animatronics on top of the costume that's ki- nope still doesn't work still doesn't <laughs> yeah. work so they used uh, thin bamboo sticks and wire to build the frame of the interior of the suit, and they added a mesh, uh, a metal mesh and cushioning over it to bolster its structure and finally applied coats of latex. Also, coats of molten rubber were additionally applied, followed by carved indentations and strips of latex glued onto the surface of the suit to create Godzilla's scaly hide. It weighed 220 pounds, and the guy that wore the suit lost uh, 20 pounds <laughs> during the production. This. Yes, just from doing a Haruo uh, Nakajima, who's a fucking badass. He's a black belt in judo. Uh, He was the only one. It was him and this other guy, Katsumi Tetsuka, but the the other guy was a little older and just barely kind of, he stood in for Nakajima when Nakajima was probably unable to even just like lift his head up Mm -hmm. from the exhaustion of wearing the the uh, suit. Three minutes, I think, was the time frame listed as the, like, it's literally out of Evangelion. Like, once the timer (laughs) goes out, you're fucked. Um, Also, uh, I listened to a, a very late interview with uh, Nakajima from like 2014, and he described that one of his recurring nightmares, even years after he had stopped portraying Godzilla, mm. was that um, he would be on set and they would shut down. You know, they would cut, and that <gasps> they would forget him. Suit. That they would forget him and oh, leave him in there, uh. and like that claustrophobic fear that he's at the mercy of the team of three people it takes to like get him in there and get him out. 
would like it's it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I think I think another metric I heard is that how many gallons of sweat do you think were poured out of the suit per like production day? Oh God, uh, at least a, a liter and a half. A live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles worth. A gallon. Jesus. <laughs> Jeez. It has nowhere to go. Why it would you a... ever sign up for I, I, I talk it we is you know we Because he wants about... to be in pictures. Because honor. He, he wants honor. <laughs> uh yeah, because it was like the Ninja Turtles suit guys too. We talked about that in our Ninja Turtles uh episode. Also, but... uh Sam Raimi's brother <laughs> also yes, has Yes, you yeah. can see in Evil Dead 2 literal like rivers of sweat pouring out of his ear holes. <laughs> Just like the one of the actors in the Ninja Turtles suit just going like, I threw up in my mask. <laughs> and they're like, wait for your cue next time, Michelangelo. I'm heroin sick is probably what they were saying. I don't know how else you'd have to. You'd, the only way I could get through is probably with a heavy drug addiction, Jake, a heavy drug addiction. Yeah, probably. Um, so anyways, uh, another one last interesting thing about this kind of initial Godzilla design is that the glowing effects on its dorsal fins were uh, actually – uh, hand-drawn, frame-by-frame, uh, hundreds of cells, uh, just uh, as an interesting kind of after-effect that they used. And, uh, oh, and also Godzilla's Roar, which I thought was fascinating. Well, you, you said it uh, before we started, but uh, it was done by Akira Ifukube, mm-hmm. uh, who was the composer for Godzilla, and he uh, achieved the Roar by rubbing a pine tar resin-coated glove along the string of an upright bass and then slowing yeah. it down on the playback. Like, who, who thinks of that? Like, I know. You know, today, like, fully sound artists are, are amazing, but, like, they can basically... You know, with computers and, and you know, uh, audio equipment, they can just do it very easy. But, um, you know, back then, like, uh, they, we got to take what we have and just slap that shit onto that shit. <laughs> there you go. That's all we need. Like, I'm crazy. almost sick of the uh, Foley artists, like, behind the scenes story. It's like, well, we started with an African line and then played it backwards and then reverberated and then crossfaded it with a white rhino. And then we added, like, several lizards. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, tired of that. Instead, it's just some guy just slamming stuff. Here's, uh, here's... I can't stand that animal amalgamation thing because I know it by now. Yeah, <laughs> It's been used enough. I'm like, that's bear, that's a pig, that's a lion, go. There's an ostrich. I know it. Like, it's been used so many times for every, like, creature that's not real that I'm just like, no, I, you got to come up with something new. So I'm bored of that fucking sound effect. <laughs> so uh, here's a little taste of that sound effect. Uh, while he's, this is the – he's going through the – yeah, it's you a- can really kind of hear it, like. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's like a totally che- that's a that. fucked up cello. Yeah, that's all. that was me making a bell noise. By the way, people at home, that wasn't part of the sound effect. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um. So. Uh, of course, Godzilla, a metaphor for nuclear weapons. Uh, what? To, yes, no. Godzilla is a metaphor. No, what are you talking weapon. about? It's not like here's the thing. In the original you completely Godzilla... misread the film. <laughs> no, I honestly, if you I'm rewatch, if, if you watch Gojira, it's not even a metaphor. There's like an entire subplot where a scientist is like, "I have made a great and terrible right. weapon, and I feel bad. And what is science's role? And is the damage that like by helping humanity, am I actually like destroying it? Like it's 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 not subtext. It's text. Uh, Godzilla yes. creator Tanaka said the theme of the film from the beginning was the terror of the bomb mankind had created the bomb and now nature was going to take revenge on mankind and director honda said 
If Godzilla had been a dinosaur or some other animal, he would have been killed by just one cannonball. But if he were equal to an atomic bomb, he wouldn't know what to, uh, we wouldn't know what to do. So I took the characteristics of an atomic bomb and applied them to Godzilla. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and again, going back to it, I really do think this was the first work uh, coming out of Japan, at least on the mainstream level, that uh, that talked about some of these themes. I mean, this is still very fresh after yeah. the war. This is so, so soon. And it's a great, I think, an awesome way to start <laughs> making comments on on this stuff. Yeah, it's like know? if in 2014, I don't know, let's say Steven Spielberg made a movie starring 9-11 lore. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I remember, I mean, not to get too deep into that, but I remember when 9-11 I, I really, movies started I really... coming out. I really hope the World Trade Center doesn't show up in Ready Player One. Oh, God, as a playable character. It'll, you know what, Matt? It'll still be less disrespectful than what they did to the Iron Giant. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, it was initially panned by critics. Uh, Honda said they called it grotesque junk and said it looked like something you'd spit up. I felt sorry for my crew because we had worked so hard. At the time, they wrote things like, this movie is absurd because such giant monsters do not exist. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny. Wasn't documentary? (laughs) Well, I mean, it was made in a documentary style. I kind of skipped past this stuff, but Honda initially got his start making documentaries. That was kind of the way to test new directors in um, Japanese film studios, at least especially in Toho. The Toho Studio, they they put them out on kind of documentary. He kind of his first movie was like a tourism movie, essentially, mm-hmm. and th- for a national park. And then he kind of slowly made his way towards God's uh, to Godzilla. So Godzilla was his first big feature he got to make, and he definitely used that documentary style in a lot of ways. And that's why that, and of course, Godzilla King of Monsters, which we're about to dive a little bit deeper into, uh, is, is shot in a very like it's a uh, framed in a very documentary style way, which I think actually really helps the film a lot i, I like it i like it when it's like um, on that level so yes they, they heavily re-edited the uh american uh version uh godzilla king of the monsters also known as monster king godzilla in japan um it was uh, discovered by a producer edmund goldman the original uh japanese language godzilla was uh at um it must have been the La Brea Cinema in Los Angeles. And he bought the international rights for $25,000, sold the rights to Jewel Enterprises, Inc. shortly after that. Uh, the director, uh, it was co-directed actually by Honda and a guy named Terry O. Morse, who started out as a film editor and later a director of Warner Brothers. And he became known as essentially the a film doctor. He could essentially take your movie and edit it, your shit movie, and edit it into a good movie. That was kind of his reputation. So all editors. Yeah, so all editors. But he was sort of known as that guy, you know? So, of course, he gets offered Godzilla for this exact reason. Like, take this thing that seems like American audiences would never be able to get with, you know, for multiple political and all sorts of reasons. Racist people reasons. Racist reasons. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And make it, you know... And get some more white people in it. Uh, <laughs> Literally, I just imagine like a just average 1950s white guy watching me like Japanese people. I thought we got rid of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah, they cut 16 minutes of footage out. They add Canadian actor Raymond Burr as uh, American journalist Steve Martin, as we said. And uh, they use Japanese-American actors and lookalikes to portray the other characters in the film that need to act with him in certain scenes. They were shemped in, I believe is the term. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it, it does pretty well. It makes $2 million in the uh, just, just in the American box office. And it sort of proves Godzilla. It kind of is what turned it into more of a hit even back over in Japan, as I said. Now, my question is for you guys is like, do pe- I mean, people now, I feel like, reference the Japanese version, right? Was Godzilla King of the Monsters, though, like what y'all remember growing up? Or, I mean, was Godzilla King, was the original Godzilla even a part of the discussion back in the, you know, when you were enjoying Godzilla films? Um, I- I'd say like, Yes and no, but because it was the name Godzilla and King of the Monsters is the, the thing you would see, like either in a video store or on TV. And Gojira wasn't even a term I knew until like the internet uh-huh. was a thing, so I could even look it up. So, yeah, for most of my childhood life, like, yeah, it's just. And since Godzilla 1985 was like the basically the first slash. You know, around that era, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was an original one and, and you know, I caught it on TV or whatever. Raymond Burr was like the, the gigantic connecting link. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, he's the main guy in all Godzilla movies. <laughs> he's fought Godzilla for decades, right? Because now he's old. You know, that, that's what I assumed at the time. But, um, yeah, it was only I want to say it's only in, until the advent of DVD where I even saw original Gojira. So, yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. really enter like my. Uh, field of vision until much much later yeah you know what the uh godzilla king of the monsters occupied in my childhood is weird raymond burr jokes and like animaniacs and freakazoid like it was always this or (laughs) the Uh, simpsons like anytime they wanted to make a joke about godzilla it would always be about crudely edited in footage of raymond burr that was like the running the same way that i didn't like i knew every line of casablanca years before i ever actually watched it because it was just a weird cultural like mark for people that grew up in the 50s and 60s so godzilla is broken up the the into different periods and they kind of relate to japanese like politics weirdly uh or or the uh the deaths of emperors the first period is the showa period which is based around the era in which uh emperor showa lived uh he lived until 1989 there's a little bit of overlap but for the most part it's everything before um Really, the 84 Return of Godzilla film. Um, The series gets more, like, lighthearted. It it goes from... It's insane. (laughs) I thought... It's so... I've been watching Matt, tell me if this is something you thought. I always assumed that, like, Gojira started dark and then, like, it gradually kind of morphed as, like, things got, like... uh, You know, as, as the series evolved and it turned out kids liked it, they kind of kidified it more and more now, within the second movie Godzilla, like within Godzilla raids again by movie mm-hmm. three he's fighting King Kong like it goes from zero to, to jolly old times instantly um I, I'm not, for like raids again and 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 King Kong versus Godzilla I I think that was because they were like bad kind of like they they right. didn't take the same amount of care like making uh because it was such a you know after it made enough money and the, well, let's get start making another one they're just kind of pumping them out but i've always read that like once i i forget where the 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 switchover was but once gamera started coming out and gamera always appealed to kids uh his name is gamera 
friend to all children. And Gamera started actually making more money than God than Gojira at the Japanese box office. And that's where Toho was like, oh, that's what we got to do. Rip off Gamera. And that's uh-huh. where the switchover where, where, you know, the Showa era started getting really, really dumb. Holy with shit. Like, like, like dumb. And I think at a certain year when people started like discovering in these films like man those ones are really bad but like a lot of them have like the most iconic moments ever like Godzilla doing his dumb dance on like another planet fighting uh, Ghidorah and then uh, him using his jets to blast off into the air or doing like a 50 mile wide drop kick don't forget about the tail All slide shit. <laughs> yes 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 from the opening of Mystery Science it. Theater <laughs> it's always there because that was one of their la- laugh out loudest moments where they weren't even making their own jokes. They were just <laughs> laughing at what was on screen. Uh, I love that in the the most recent Godzilla game for the PS4, you can unlock those crazy, stupid moves. Oh, nice. Like, you can shoot yourself with the jets of your fire breath, and you can do his dumb victory dance. Oh, awesome. I, it's, it's amazing, uh, that game, just for the nostalgia part of it. I guess the important, uh, the, the major important monsters that people hold up uh, are, are all of them. The all answer of them is are, all of are them are established here uh, hi- with highlights to, um, of course, Mothra, Mechagodzilla, and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, um, Mothra versus Godzilla is the other one, uh, and then the Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. I actually, because because within the G fan, I'm using the proper terms. I, right. I mean all respect. Okay, within the G fan community. <laughs> uh, King Ghidorah, Ghidra, whatever, is like, he, he's like the Vegeta of the Godzilla franchise. He's the... Uh, yes, yes. The, Excellent. Uh, you know, he's he's the guy that, like, all the people that are in the know are like, seem they're like, well, I actually prefer Ghidorah. <laughs> and his init- his movie is so dumb. I watched it all. It was the... Okay. D- um, they the were, orig- this one. The Ghidorah, the, Ghidorah, the, the, the three-headed, three-headed monster. monster one. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, so I think it gets a better one in the Heisei period. There's oh, a, in the Heisei period, he's like... Godzilla num- versus King Oh, yeah, Ghidorah. yeah, 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 yeah. But in his initial movie, the like cool kaiju, the kaiju that everyone thinks is a badass, is like... There's like a princess from Jupiter with amnesia. The Mothra girl, Mothra's there. And the, the way that they get the Mothra twins to Japan is they literally just have a TV show called Celebrities. Where are they now? And they just bring the twins in. <laughs> Mothra for like uh, the movie isn't even Mothra. It's that weird like larval form, the yes. baby Mothra. Yeah, yeah. Which is the grossest yeah. design I've ever seen. The grub has eyes and like the weird squishy part, which if you know anything about bugs, that's not where the eyes are. I was my uh, Lexi, my fiance was was literally just like I had it on today. Actually, while I was doing research and she just walked by and every time she would laugh at something that was on the screen for Mothra versus uh, Godzilla. It was just a constant array and especially the twin here. I, we'll, we'll play. I have to we have to play some of the song. It's uh, uh, at w- <laughs> At one point, I was uh, so thrown off by all of this because, like, I watched the first Godzilla and it was just this straight up, like, yeah. nuclear weapons disaster themed, disaster the- film. And then I'm like, all right, let's check out Mothra, uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. And all of a sudden, there's these tiny Japanese women <laughs> singing a song. No, they're not Japanese. That's the thing. They always. Or infant- magic. Well, they're magical. No, Infant yeah. Island is like, it's amazing to see just how, like, Japan has this weird racist idea of, like, Polynesians. Oh, right. <laughs> because every time they go to Infant the Island, Polynesian, they're all okay. in, like, loincloths and just, like, worshiping rocks it's like real weird so so matt yeah. 
Uh, Mothra kind of has her own like vibe going. Like, is there like what do you? How does Mothra fit into the Godzilla fan community? Like, where does she play a role? Yeah, it's 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 the only monster I can think of that that really kind of broke out of a, something else that already existed. It was it's kind of like there's no other there's no other creature. I can think of in, in anything off the bat where I'm like, yeah, you kind of were popular enough to splinter. So it's it's pretty amazing that way. And like, a, you know, a lot of because I've been to a lot of Godzilla like fan, like not, not fan events, but like here in Montreal, we have a really good um, genre film festival called Fantasia. Please don't sue them, Disney, uh, <laughs> where they've played Godzilla movies. They haven't done it in a couple of years. But they used to play all the old ones. And, you know, I, I've been in theaters, like, filled, like, 800-seat, like, auditorium uh, where everyone's just rabid for this stuff. And, and you know, i only seen a couple in that environment, but Final Wars was one of them. And when Mothra appears in that, people just go nuts. Like, it's it's almost like a like two-player uh, two in, like, a fighting game or, like, a, not like a... Like an action game or, or something. It's basically the second. It's the Luigi <laughs> of the Godzilla universe, basically. Um, that that you know had enough popularity to to you know strike it out on on her own. She can do it. She's an independent woman. <laughs> now, as long as we're hitting the Showa era, like, what is the relationship? Because like people are drawn to Godzilla because he's a cool monster. He's what dinosaurs should look like and no matter how many feathers they add in my heart all oh, dinosaurs look like I'm so glad you said this <laughs> no. I'm I hate featherists <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing with Godzilla is that, science don't matter he will always be the perfect ideal exactly. dinosaur you ever read you ever see those like little scientific things where they they say like how Godzilla couldn't even exist <laughs> if it existed like no he would crumple under his own weight there's no way he could even walk, which is something that they say in Shin Godzilla. Like, no, this thing would get crushed by its own like frame. Uh -huh. it, it, like bones calcium can't bones can't. Aren't, yeah, right, right. They're like, you don't know that. You don't. And know Godzilla's like, whatever. I, I. Godzilla's like, I live, bitch. <laughs> you know, like there's just nothing you can do to stop me. But um, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 kind of a weird thing overall. And the Showa era Godzilla, where like he's constantly getting like zapped in the groin and like making like little tummy laughs, and you know shit is just goofy as hell. Minya's there, everything's yeah, everything Minya. seems wrong. Uh, all the plots are gibberish. My favorite cameo. Oh, in, in what Final about the Wars. one where they talk? Uh, which one is that? I think I want to say it's like Godzilla's. It's not Godzilla's Revenge, but there's one where. They speak in thought in 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 comic book style bubbles in the <laughs> Japanese version, <laughs> and in know. the American version, they literally just dub them. Where Godzilla's like, Angela, <laughs> we gotta check something, and and, and, and Angela or Angaris uh, goes, "What do you want?" <laughs> and they, they just talk like that for like extended scenes. 
It's, honestly, it sounds it's the best. Yeah, it sounds way better than what they were doing before that, which is it always devolves. The final battle scene is always there's always some people standing by the sidelines or in a scientific like, you know, laboratory while the monsters are just roaring at each other. And someone has to go, oh, Godzilla is mad and doesn't want to help. Oh, Mothra is beseeching him to to like help. Like, yeah. You know, it, it's yes. it's like it's like wrestling with like even with worse uh, ringside commentators. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess like the most notable films uh, that I had just just uh, for for an overview, but I need to know the caption one that you just mentioned because I think that one actually should be on the list. King Kong versus Godzilla, Mothra versus Godzilla, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, Godzilla versus Hedera. Uh, which we didn't really talk about. Oh, which the has vagina smog an monster. An acid trip, <laughs> yeah, of, of anti-pollution commentary. I mean, it gets more- Did you say acid trip ironically? Because it's a lit- Hedorah throughout most of the movie is just spitting in Godzilla's face. Yes, yes. Well, it's there's like a complete total like weird LSD kind of style acid yeah, there's, trip. There's like dancing scenes where people have fish heads. <laughs> See, Jake? We got, all right, we got to sit down for that one. I uh, I want I want I really want to go back and ch- and watch. Uh, that was like the one I regret I didn't see. That's the one that comes up a lot of times. Yeah, and and it and it actually is ties more to what the first film was about, which is like having a ma- some underlying mm-hmm. message. In this case, anti pollution, because the director went to a very polluted uh, Japanese beach and was very upset and made a whole movie about it. Uh, and then Ghidorah, the three headed monster. Are there any other films from this period? Would you say, Matt? Oh that- yes. <laughs> Oh, you, you're 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 missing you're missing the greatest one. Okay, uh, that would be Godzilla versus Megalon. Ah. Why? Because of Godzilla? No. Because of Megalon? <laughs> Fuck no. It would be because of Jet Jaguar. Oh, <laughs> oh I was scared we were gonna get we weren't gonna talk about Jet Jaguar. <laughs> I, you wouldn't. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't going to force Jet Jaguar into the conversation. So I have to ask the most important question of the hour right now. Who or what is Jet Jaguar? Matt, take it. Um, uh, Jet Jet Jaguar, uh, would you know it? He was a contest entry designed by children. They said, hey, kids, want to make a terrible looking thing? Then just draw it up and we'll slap it into here because of whatever. Ultraman's popular. So, um, yeah, some horrible child in Japan <laughs> designed this 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 robot and named it Jet Jaguar. And they were like, oh, God, we got to do this. All right. Slap some silicon together. Let's do it. So, um, <laughs> well, Jet at least Jaguar he doesn't appears. have to get his ass kicked constantly throughout the entire movie, thus negating any value of adding a new character. Right. OK, I just yeah. it's, it took a second to load up. I know what Jet, I know Jet Jaguar. If they got rid of that fucking creepy smile, he'd be passable. Yeah. It's that smile that is just so unnerving. Yeah, his face looks like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> uh, so um, moving on to now the high side. We didn't. We could, Heisei. Heisei. Heisei, Heisei uh... to- Toho decides uh, to reboot the series in 1984 with Return of Godzilla. We've already mentioned this a couple of times, this film. Uh, but the, I think one of the most important things was they were very self-aware that they were getting a little kind of over-the-top 
funny, silly with the mm-hmm. franchise. And they said, hey, let's go back. Let's make a proper sequel to the original film. Nakano says of this, we went back to the theme of nuclear weapons since that was the theme of the original film. Japan has now learned three times what a nuclear disaster is, but at that time, Japan had ar- already had two. The problem was Japan, uh, Japanese society was gradually forgetting about these disasters. They were forgetting how painful it had been. Everyone in Japan knew how scary nuclear weapons were when the original movie was made, but it wasn't like that by the 1980s. So in those meetings, we decided to remind all those people out there who had forgotten. Uh, and that was kind of their their main uh, thing. It was inspired by the Three Mile Island incident uh, on March 28, 1979, which was a meltdown in reactor number two at the Three Mile Island nuclear generating station. I just feel like there's just they just can't they just nuclear radiation. Just they should just get rid of it out over there. Maybe it's just it's too much. Burn coal like good old Americans. <laughs> Um, and, of course, they were uh, also inspired, though, by more adult-oriented horror coming out, like Alien and The Thing, which we've actually done an episode on both of those. That's that's cool. one of the main things about the Heisei era that, like, really stands out is um, just the sheer amount of high-quality, memorable, practical effects that are in there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, the, the creature designs and the prosthetics and everything. Uh, one of my friends, like, basically sat me down and said, like, you have to mention Koichi Kawakita? Who was okay. the main effects designer starting with Godzilla versus Biollante? Uh huh. Which mm. was this gigantic, terrifying, like 22 man apparatus mm-hmm. that, you know, to see on screen, at one point it physically swallows Godzilla. That's like a huge ass kaiju. Um, you know, they're shooting at night, like, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, there's more explosions. There's, everything's bigger, everything's more chaotic. There's like a violence to it. I love they yeah, were also yeah. they were also pressured to bring Godzilla back uh, because there was a ten thousand member group called the Godzilla Resurrection Committee that uh, <laughs> pressured Tanaka into making another film, which is that would definitely frighten me into making. They took movie. a vow of celibacy until he returned. <laughs> oh no, not Japan taking a <laughs> vow of celibacy. <laughs> no. Uh, Honda was offered to direct, but he declined as he was working with Kurosawa at the time. He also felt that the series should have ended back in Subaraya's death, uh, which was, of course, years ago uh, at at that point. Nakano, uh, Teru Yoshi Nakano, who uh, I pulled that quote from before, he returns for special effects. He had taken up the role as special effects for Godzilla for um, a few, I believe for a few movies at this point already. Uh, Tanaka decides to increase the, okay, so this I want to get into a little bit. They decide to increase the height of Gojira from uh, 160 feet to 260 feet. And I just love how like the specific uh, height of Godzilla is is um, like this big point of contingency. Do we go up? Do we go down? Like every movie, like they're constantly like, no, we need to make them taller. Or no, we need to make them, you know, like it's always like such a, such a huge deal. And there's like all these people who argue about, you know, I feel like the, the true height of Godzilla. Are you a, a heightist, Matt? What, what do you believe the true height of Godzilla is? Ah, oh, fuck, I don't fucking care. Um, it doesn't <laughs> matter as long as I, okay. The original Godzilla, some people have seen this kind of infographic where if you were to place 1954 Gojira into modern day Tokyo, it's like a small child <laughs> having a tantrum uh, on his on his little Lego set. Like there's so many buildings that dwarf him that he couldn't even 
like hump to death to break. But, like it doesn't even work anymore. So Godzilla it, in 1954 is basically the size of those in gross inflatable rats that unions put outside of like companies that are hiring scabs. It's like not that big. <laughs> Matt knows what like, I'm he's talking like, about. I, I think he's like 50 feet tall or something like that. Yeah. I, I think maybe oh, in the wow. first one, I, I might get that wrong, but like um, uh, right now we're in this era of like, he, he has to be bigger. So, you know, jumping ahead, way ahead, uh, the Netflix anime Godzilla films, yes. uh, he's as big as he's ever been. I think he's 300 meters tall, hmm. uh, which which would make him the biggest. And before that, it was um, Shin Godzilla. And before that was uh, the American reboot in 2014. But, like, I, I personally enjoy them making him bigger and bigger. Um, the girth <laughs> needs to be there, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, in terms of it flip-flopping between movies, like he's gotten smaller, he's gotten bigger. Um, I don't, I don't really think it, it matters too much, but I mean, to keep up with society, to keep up with mankind, he should be like bigger to reflect that he, he needs to show us like who's boss really. Yeah. The only time they actually actively decided to reduce Godzilla's height was for Godzilla 2000. Uh, right. Because they wanted to bring him closer to, they wanted to, to reduce the dif- distance between Godzilla and humans. Mm. They were like, he's actually mm. getting a little too out of control. We want to like make him a little like, like bring him a little uh, b- back down to earth a little bit. Um, so uh, yeah, so for this film, they uh, they it's the same kind of deal. Uh, they have Hiroshi Yamakawi hired to wear the suit, but he declines at the last minute. So Ken Pachiro. Satsuma, who's worn the suit a few times at this point through the 70s, he fills in the role. He loses 12 pounds during the filming, so not as much as the original Godzilla What guy. a wuss. <laughs> what a lazy asshole. I bet he even asked for water. And, and he could, he could, but he could wear it for 10 minutes at a time. So. Shit. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's... Uh, so, yes, it does okay in Japan, uh, and then they decide to go uh, bring it over to America. New World Pictures acquires the film. It's an exploitation uh, co- company co-founded by B-movie director Roger Corman and his brother ah. Gene. Uh, the New World Pictures boasts such films as Caged Heat, Death Race 2000, which rules, Piranha, and uh, they released foreign films from Igmar Bergman, Fellini, and Kurosawa. Uh, their big thing is they're going to bring back Raymond Burr to reprise his original role of Steve Martin, and um, they they were uh, what 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 is amazing is the movie I really wish I the, the, I do wish they would have made it. It probably would have been fucking horrible, but I really wish they would have made it. Apparently, they were going to do like a kind of a Kung Pao type thing where they were going to rewrite dialogue and make it a comedy starring Leslie Nielsen. Oh, oh that'd been awesome! <laughs> I know, right? I was like, Damn what? It. <laughs> I'm furious. <laughs> well, blame Raymond Burr. He refused as he took uh, the nuclear metaphor very seriously. So what Burr... a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, my buddy Isaac, who listens to the show, uh, was very insistent that I mentioned the William Stout 3D Godzilla ah, that yes. they tried to make in America in 1983. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, given the amount of uh, stop motion, 3D stop motion animation, which was a technique that did not exist at the time, necessary for the film to exist, it would have cost $30 million, and it was uh, the guy who directed... Friday the 13th part two. So no one was willing to give him money there. I did it. I mentioned it. (laughs) Uh, They also got more into the moral aspects of genetics using the biological nature of Godzilla, getting more into the backstory that Godzilla was a dinosaur like creature that was mutated by radiation 
uh, it, it kind of going more into that direction. So uh, now we're in this phase. We've I know I'm not I know I'm not even scraping the surface of the most important films. I have Godzilla versus King Ghidorah and Godzilla versus Destroya. Of course, was the big now, finale yeah. of the of the uh, Destroya era. was the coolest guy in the Godzilla fighting games that I used to play on PlayStation Two. Nice. I, he was way overpowered. I loved him. Um, but uh, in Godzilla versus Destroya, we have the death of Godzilla. And I was told that this one piece of music by uh, Ikafube, the guy who did the music all the way from the beginning, uh, put together this song called Requiem, which plays as Godzilla is melting down from his nuclear heart, reaching an unsustainable temperature. Uh, this is this is Requiem. Uh, just just let it play. Godzilla, no. Godzilla, why? Godzilla! Apparently, uh, the composer demanded that this music be played during his own funeral. <laughs> really? Yeah, and uh, the year that he died, there was a live concert at G-Fest, and during this song, uh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Wow. Destroya is a giant, weird crab monster with an e- anus e- in Diablo, his chest. <laughs> Man, that movie's super violent too. They're just ripping chunks out of each other. Yeah. It is fucking yeah, bloody. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's another one uh, that I was like, I really wish I had more time, and I would have. It was the '90s. They killed Superman. You got to kill Godzilla. Everything was extreme. Were there yeah, other the, any other films from the uh, from this era from the from the sort of the Heisei. yeah mid '80s to the '90s? No, they're kind of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, or, like, okay. Godzilla vs. Destroy is actually the, the absolute standout of the bunch because it does a lot of neat different things leading up to it because there's human-sized monsters throughout that attack people and they all, like, it, it's very, if you're talking about practical effects, like, it basically looks like um, the puppet of the alien queen from Aliens, just way worse. But they're all attacking different people and then they form, they all, like, combine to form, like, a giant uh, destroy in its, in its final form. So... For like the first forty or so minutes, it doesn't even feel like a Godzilla film. It feels like more like a generalized sci-fi thing. But once it gets them to the monster action and, and stuff, and the general story where it has the oxygen destroyer, which they used um, in the very first film, uh, yep. it, it does a really good job of like kind of bringing everything to a to a head. To um, uh, you know, it's like stanzas so that they rhyme. You know? Oh um, God. Uh, so that's the real standout, but a, a lot of the other ones like, uh, Godzilla versus space Godzilla is not great. Um, and, uh, there's, there's one before that. No, if you I'm look up space trying. Godzilla, it's like if a Tyrannosaurus Rex made love to the aggro crag. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, before that, I think it was Godzilla versus, uh, King Ghidorah. And there's also another Mothra in there and they're all fine. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. That was when I tried to have a bunch of friends of mine watch where I'm like, this one's really crazy because a lot of people that are really not into giant monsters, especially the the tempo of Japanese films. And when when really casual people I find just are like, yeah, giant monsters, cool. They'll, they're not prepared for the hour of <laughs> no giant monsters. Yes. Um, and just bad dialogue and like a clunky story that makes no sense. Right. So even though um, Godzilla versus Ghidorah features time travel, uh, Terminator robot, 
uh, Steven Spielberg's dad getting inspired from an alien to tell his son, Steven Spielberg, about aliens, which inspired him to make E.T. Mm. It's it's the and, and of course, King Ghidorah turning into Mecha Ghidorah. Ah. Um, it's still not a great film. Like if you just cut out all the stupid bits, it's, it's pretty entertaining. But uh, I find the the that era of Godzilla films to be kind of spotty. Like there's this one that's really good and there's that one that's like not so good. And there's this one that's entertaining, but it takes a while to get going. Uh, but like just the effects work in general, this entire era is is amazing. Like I think I think I'm not sure about this, but I, I read somewhere that even though these films weren't like the the biggest of the box office, uh, actually the dregs of everything is the Millennium series. That's where they Toho is not making a lot of money at all. Uh, the 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 Showa era has like I think like generally the most iconic design uh, in terms of uh-huh. how Godzilla is usually depicted. Like a lot of the fighting games, like a lot of the um, uh, it came about from this era because a lot of the Super Nintendo, uh, well Super Famicom and 16-bit uh, systems at the time had that Godzilla featured in it. You know. The, the the GameCube and Xbox and PS2 fighting games usually had this Godzilla front and center. Sometimes it would have the Millennium version and even the PS4 version, the default Godzilla was the Showa era Godzilla, uh-huh. oddly enough, which was always weird to me. I was like, I wonder why they picked this one. Because <laughs> I because the Millennium series had finished, Shin Godzilla wasn't out yet. They did have the legendary 2014 American Godzilla in there as like yeah. an unlockable or like a bit of DLC, I think. Oh. Uh, but I always, I always found that that strange, and I, I, I never really found if that's actually true. Oh, uh, but it, it's been featured in enough media where I'm like, yeah, maybe there is something to it. So that's that's pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I, I almost don't want to talk about the Millennium Era. I just I remember 1998 came out. We watched it and I, I was mean, like, oh, that was oddly bad. Are we Amazing. T- are we going to talk about 1998? <laughs> I mean, I do not, I do want to spend a little time in 1998 just because it is such a perfect example of like Hollywood just completely missing the point mm. and comp- just totally overlooking what makes some a franchise so great and just like j- jumping for you know for a cash grab. And the way that executives in meetings in Hollywood operate is fascinating. For, for an example, for an example, uh, the, the reason why Henry G. Sapperstein is to blame for all of this, he, he is a co-producer of Godzilla films for the American market, and he finally gets to uh, make uh, he finally gets to make a deal with Toho to make a Hollywood studio Godzilla pictures uh, picture. Now this was brought up in a meeting with Sony and he was there in order to pitch a live action Mr. Magoo film. <laughs> so they're fucking there yammering off about a Mr. Magoo picture. Uh, they're just like, oh, who should we get? What should we do? Well, it turns out Everyone? he wasn't the only one who was nearsighted at that meeting. <laughs> I'll show myself out. All right. <laughs> clip clop clip clop door open closed uh, the, sound the kids love mr magoo <laughs> yeah 
that was like around the time we got like Sergeant Bilko in the in the theaters and and no, Mr. Uh, really just Mr. Really Magoo smart. had only one purpose, and that was to let you know that you were free to take a dump while you were watching Wienerville on Nickelodeon. <laughs> so the deal gets made with Toho. Toho sends Sony a document of rules on how to treat Godzilla. Robert Freed, the Sony producer at the time, stated they even sent me a four-page single-spaced memo describing the physical requirements that Godzilla in our film had to have. They were very protective. The whole thing was supposed to be a trilogy, but then producer Dean Devlin gets involved. He said, I told Sony that I would do the film, but on my own terms, with Godzilla as a fast-moving animal out of nature, rather than some strange kind of creature. And then uh, Emmerich uh, uh, is the director. What's his name? Roland, Roland. Roland Emmerich. He's known for Independence Day, Stargate, stuff like that. Uh, I think Independence Day was actually the film that came out just before uh, he did the 1998 Godzilla. He yeah. says, uh, he says, let's see. Oh, shoot. Where is it? I di- uh, Emmerich says, I didn't want to make the original Godzilla. I wanted nothing to do with it. I wanted to make my own. We took part in the original movie's basic storyline and that the creature becomes created by radiation. It becomes a big challenge. But that's all we took. Then we asked ourselves what we could do today with a monster movie in a story like that. We forgot everything about the original Godzilla right there. You needed a much thicker German accent, but otherwise the attitude was perfect. <laughs> For some reason, it just sounds like a guy in a cowboy <laughs> costume that fucking smokes cigars yeah, and drinks I still Johnny don't get, Walker like, black. The very idea of like me like i'm gonna make a godzilla movie thing we absolutely have to get in there uh very passive aggressive jabs at siskel and ebert because they thought stargate could have used a better through line so weird. <laughs> they're just they're just having a go at Cisco. Like, how petty are you <laughs> fuck you and it, it's just like it, the whole time they're just railroad. The whole time they're they're railroading what uh, Godzilla was originally about, and they're very obviously just like ripping off Jurassic Park. Yeah, in yeah. every yeah. conceivable way. I mean, the the baby Godzilla is running around. It uh, is so bad in that sense. I mean, the practical effects are actually incredible, but the just the weird non sequitur of the sequence. Uh, the fact that it has like the entire cast of The Simpsons <laughs> running around for some reason. That is so weird. How did that happen? <laughs> did... Okay. Uh, like, We're making a Godzilla movie. I... Someone get me Nancy Cartwright. <laughs> I need Nancy Cartwright in this Godzilla movie. Where's my Yardley Smith? <laughs> Yardley Smith. <laughs> what? Okay. Everyone hates this film, right? But it's like at the time, also everyone hated this film. But like nowadays, when I really look back on it, I'm like, it's such a strange film. Like all this stuff you just mentioned, I'm like, why was half the cast of The Simpsons? In it? I, I completely forgot about. Why was Jean Reno in it? Why does Jean Reno say yes to being in it? I, I like, I still can't figure it out. I mean, how, how did Toho approve the design? Apparently, they showed the design for their Godzilla to Toho, and everybody in the room was completely speechless. And then after a little while, one of them was just like, "Can you give us a day?" And they went off to the side and they were just like, it's so different from what the original design was. We can't even give notes because there's just nothing <laughs> where to do give you start? notes. Yeah, where do you begin? How do you just not go, no. But then some for some crazy reason, they they approved it. I think they were just so bewildered. They were just like, let's just, let's go. They got, let's want see. that Independence Day money, man. Times are tough. People, I, I, people I, I, weren't into uh, uh, Biolante. I, I find it really strange that that film didn't take cool shit that Americans would like in their giant monster. Like, Oh, okay. Your monster shoots 
giant blasts of death, huh? Americans hate that. Like, oh, oh, your monster's basically invincible. Let's not have that. Like, those are the cool bits. One of the one of the things that they that the Japanese, uh, I forget who it was. I think it was maybe someone from Toho or somebody commented on the fact that instead of Godzilla uh, being invulnerable, it was always like dodging the missiles, and it was they were saying essentially that like Americans just can't conceive of a giant monster not getting hurt by their missiles. That's actually a huge point you're making because. Because one of the actual subtexts within Godzilla movies is the powerlessness of military might to actually protect people from the forces of nature. It happens in every film. They trot out the tanks. Godzilla destroys them. And that's it. It's like almost like a tradition. And Mm -hmm. I guess they were like, well, let's break away from if we're breaking away from everything else. Why not have the military be super? Oh, it's because these are American missiles. They're filled with freedom. No, Roland Emmerich loves like American military. He did right. like Stargate is super hoorah. He did the Patriot. Like that's not the, the it's a completely different shift in philosophy. Uh, that being said, I had the soundtrack on CD and I played it to death. It was great. Yeah. It's the best. That it's Wallflowers best. cover of uh, Heroes is is, is, is song on there. <laughs> I'm going deeper underground. I haven't thought about that song in fucking decades. Get out of my it's brain. The best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was that, and of course, it did spawn a surprisingly good animated show. That when that was mm. on, I hated it because I'm like, oh. It's based off the movie that I disliked greatly. But, like, you actually watch it nowadays. Like, whoa, this is really cool. They fight a new different monster every week. And, yeah, Godzilla's essentially just a good guy and they're working with him. Um, It has all the fucking idiot characters from the movie. But still, it was a neat show. It had, like, had an amazing intro, too. Like, it's almost like that's what it should have always been, just a cartoon show. Mm -hmm. Because it actually worked better that way, Mm -hmm. I find. I'll stick to the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla cartoon. Thank Thank you very very much. (laughs) This is the perfect... Godzuki fans, get get me up on Twitter. Where where are my Godzuki heads? This is the perfect, like, way, like, sentiment that that just, I feel like, describes the entire film from uh, Roland Emmerich. I was never a big Godzilla fan. They were just the weakened matinees you saw as a kid, like Hercules films, and the really bad Italian westerns. You'd go with all your friends and just laugh. Uh, was, where's the lie, though? <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, and of course they refer to this Godzilla as, is it Gino or Gino? Gino. Gino. Okay, Gino. Okay, Godzilla, Godzilla in name, in name early, only. only. Yeah, Godzilla in name only, and then uh, also as Zilla, because uh, this film took the god out of Godzilla. Uh. <laughs> so they refer to it as Zilla and Toho proper. Like, that's like their actual company speak. I remember being so in... Mu- oh, go so ahead. much so that in Final Wars, when that yes. Godzilla does appear, his name is credited, like, somewhere as Zilla or something. Like, his, his official name is... At least in that movie, they're like, yeah, it's Zilla, and he gets killed in, like, one shot. Immediately. So. It's so awesome. I was watching earlier today because I was, yeah, I wanted to get a taste of the Millennium Period. I enjoyed Final Wars. Did you like Final Wars, Matt? Okay. This, this is this is actually really interesting. I didn't only was aware of this not too long ago, but, like, I first saw Final Wars. It was in that crowded theater, and everyone was going nuts. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. There's action every three seconds. There are mutant humans that have superhuman uh, fighting techniques and martial arts. There's it has a nothing to do with battle. the fact that the Matrix was a big hit and Godzilla movies are always derivative of whatever was popular Remember, at the time. Remember, that film is directed by the man that directed the cutscenes of Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes, where oh, Solid Snake shit. is jumping off missiles and shit. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so 
I was like, oh yeah, it's really cool. It's really fun. And then, you know, I watched it like once or twice more, bought it on DVD or whatever. And then it was only like in the last like two or three years, I read that like most people, most Godzilla purists have come to hate the film. Like they're like, oh, it's so, it's, it's like almost like, like not, not American, but it's like, it's an overload of action and just things that you, where's the slow character buildup of a bunch of characters you don't like like where's all the the drama where's it's just like a dumb action film and yeah godzilla doesn't i think it's like i think it's somewhere near it where godzilla spends the least amount of time on screen because mm. he comes in so late into the film but monsters are constantly there because they've been attacking the earth and whatever uh-huh. and 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 and, and Final Wars, I've read this in multiple places, is what convinced Toho, like, we, it was the worst performing movie mm. at the Japanese box office in terms of Godzilla films. Like, it made, it, it, it's what made them go, we need to take another break. Oh, man. We need another, that we need to take me. another 10 year break or whatever it is, because this was an absolute, like, disaster for us. It was trying to be the send off for the Millennium like series right it definitely felt like that yeah for sure that it was it was like closing the chapter but they were like actually this has put us off forever because it was what was the next film after that godzilla 2014 by legendary yep so toho wasn't even considering making one it was only you know um well i want to get too far into this but there was another film that was trying to get greenlit by the original director of Godzilla vs. Dora. 3D uh, to the Yoshi- max. Yeah, 3D to the max. And he really <laughs> wanted to pitch this IMAX 3D film, and no one would touch it. And eventually, Warner Brothers and Legendary came around. They're like, yeah, why don't we... Yeah, that's cool. Why don't we just like take the rights again from you? Because Bano had the rights, and Toho was like, do whatever. But he couldn't finance it. But he was able to get them to make it, but then it became like a whole other thing and an American thing. And he was he did have an executive producer credit, but it wasn't there was only the one element, which was Godzilla tearing across America mm. from point A to point B. I think that was the only thing. And if you remember that film, the uh, the twenty fourteen one, he it's basically a fight from uh God, whatever it's like, uh, San Francisco. No, from uh, whatever he starts at one city and winds up in another and has the big showdown with the two um, Mutos monsters at the end. Mutos, yeah. My, uh, so which you... Japan hate, by the way. I hate them. No, there's two good thing. There's two big emotions from the 2014 Legendary Godzilla that I remember. Uh, number one is the feeling of increasing disappointment every minute after Brian Cranston dies. Yeah, I was so <laughs> bummed out. And and the main characters that they put in place of him or whatever, they made, they were so bland. Yeah. I remember just feeling like I just hated uh the lead guy um in in that film. It was just like so sad that was, that they had this great it would have been so good if he would had, yeah. Held the whole Brian film. Cranston has gone on record saying, I really think it was a mistake to kill off my character. Ugh. It would have been so, so much more fun to have me and my son character mm-hmm. throughout the entire film or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, because when they're actually, he's like, oh, my dad's kind of crazy and I don't really like think he's right in the head. And when he starts believing his dad's like theories, I'm like, I think that part of the movie is great. But as soon as Brian Cranston dies, the human drama just like, just nose dives into oh, yeah. not caring because his son character is not interesting enough. No. He's just a military boy. Yeah, that's it. 
It was you know? very like America feeling in that sense. And what was the other the sensation? Second, <laughs> the second big feeling is the moment where uh, 2014 Godzilla uh, leverages open one of the Muto's uh, mouths and pukes lasers yeah. directly yes. down his throat, with making the entire cost of entry worth it. Yes. That is, yeah, yeah. I want to just have that as a gift. That is just, that was just mwah, perfect. Fuck yeah. No, it's amazing. That that's was the, that's best. the most common thing I see. Like people just reposting that gift because it was so cool. Uh, really quickly though, I say Japan hates the Mutos. Like I, they've, I, I'm, I'm gauging this in, in one way specifically. The, the amount of Pixel fan art. <laughs> they love 2014 Godzilla. There's so much merchandise in Japan of that particular Godzilla design because they are, I remember yeah. Toho saying they really, really, um, like thought that design was, was, uh, was perfect. They're like, it's, it's just different enough. Um, and it, it's, it, retains the things we like we we think godzilla should have so i have an enormous amount of godzilla 2014 like uh merchandise and figures and things from japan they made like little chibi like cutesy little versions of him like they love that guy and he was even in the game like i mentioned before uh-huh. so yeah they they did it they did a, a fucking phenomenal job i think it was the first really i mean i i this is also because it was, well, uh, the second Godzilla movie I saw in the theater after Godzilla 1998 or whatever. But uh, th- it was the first time I felt, like, actually intimidated by uh, yeah. a Godzilla design. I really was, like, actually felt kind of terrified during during uh, points in that film oh, a little wow. bit. Just, like, because the idea of a larger-than-life, you know, giant monster, especially a sea monster, for me, I, is kind of uh, fucks with me a little bit. Interesting. Like, I love, like, those artist interpretations of, like, tiny little divers with, like, a giant fucking sea monster. Oh. Like, you know, those, like, Any photo where they actually get, like, a human to scale with a blue whale in an underwater photo uh, is yeah. terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying to me. So sometimes we, we, that can uh, We have me. to get rid of these whales <laughs> they're too scary when you're you're put up against them i mean matt we're trying we're really trying <laughs> so i gotta say going back to who you mentioned yoshimitsu bano uh who who did godzilla versus uh hedora um and his the, the, him going from trying to make this 3d film into legendary picking up a godzilla movie made my eyes cross trying to figure trying to like read the connection between the two but it does happen um, and, uh, it's, it's kind of amazing. Like the people, cause the director hadn't really done who directed. It was, uh, Gareth Edwards who did rogue one, but at the time he wasn't really known for anything. No, he was known for making months, big monster movies on the cheap. Okay. Gotcha. His first movie. I forgot what it's called, but literally it was this indie movie that was about kaiju like creatures that he made under budget. Ah, he, yeah, and- it's, it's called monsters. Ah, oh, okay. And then Max Bornstein. The film is is literally called Monsters. (laughs) Sorry, yeah. And then Max Bornstein. I was done. (laughs) Max Bornstein, uh, who would go on to write Kong Skull Island and, you know, get, you know, get his trade again, not really, didn't really have like a ton of credits. Um, The story was by David Callahan, known for Doom. Woof. And The Expendables, and he's working on Wonder Woman, too. all right, all right. But I also I just had to mention Doom. I love how much the movie Doom comes up in our episodes, by the way. Yeah. For some reason, it's just over and over again. Uh, so it, it it was totally a return to form. Thomas Toll, the CEO of Legendary Pictures, said, Our plans are to produce the Godzilla that we as fans would want to see. We intended to do justice to those essential elements that have allowed this character to remain as pop culturally relevant for as long as it has. It's like, you know what I was thinking about on the way here? It's like um, in the 90s, 
especially Hollywood, just didn't understand what fandom really was or meant to people. It was a one-way conversation. Yeah. And and I feel like it it was actually really easy for Legendary. Like like 98 Godzilla just set Legendary up to just f- knock it out of the park. Like, you well, know. Yeah. 98 set Toho up to knock it out of the park True. with Millennium Godzilla and they still fucked up. I believe they were going to let Godzilla die until the 50th anniversary, but 98 Godzilla was so <laughs> fucked up that they were like, okay, we got to just reboot immediately. Yeah. To- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess actually 98 Godzilla, you know, there to thank for the millennium period? You know, butterfly, fla- a mothra flapping its wings across the country, across the world. It affects things you don't even think about. So I feel like we should wrap yeah. up soon. We all, all, we only really have, uh, the only thing we really have left is Shin Godzilla. We mentioned the Netflix cartoon show. I think there's some things we're going to want to come back to in like a bonus episode, okay. to be honest, Jake. Uh, Shin Godzilla, though, first of all, I feel like just go watch Matt's awesome review of it because like, That'll be, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you do a really good job setting it up. I watched it before I watched it. I started watching your review and then I stopped it at the moment that said stop because if if you want to see it, you need to stop right now. And then I went and watched it and then I rewatched the review and uh, really loved Ah. it and largely agreed with it. So first of all, fantastic work. Where can people find that? Uh, They can find that on my side channel, the Matt McMuscles Flophouse, just youtube.com slash Matt McMuscles. Uh, yeah, it's just like um, my uh, Shin Godzilla review, which I kind of waited a while to do because I'd already seen – they had that really weird theatrical run, Shin Godzilla, yeah. in like um, in the the fall of uh, 2016 where they just had like – it was in theaters for a week across the U.S. and a little bit in Canada. And then as that was it. It was like – in theaters for a week here and there, and then it was just kind of gone. Mm. And then they took about a year to bring the the fucking Blu-ray to North America, which I was like, oh my god, are you serious? Like it's it's been out in Japanese, um, like uh, uh, bl- Japanese Blu-ray and home video or whatever for like months and months now. Like there's no real thing. Oh, we have to put a dub in it. You're dubbing. You're you're dubbing this. You're really dubbing a live action movie in 2017. <laughs> with a lot the of balls the, on you, Funimation. With a lot of the voices from Neon Genesis Evangelion, by the way, which is like super yeah. jarring. Uh, by which, by, so that to start things off, it's co directed by Hideaki Anno, who you would recognize or remember if you heard our Neon Genesis Evangelion episode, and uh, Shinji Higuchi, who uh, the worked, actually, they worked together at Gainax. Higuchi actually worked on effects for Return of Godzilla back in 1984, by the yeah. way. And uh, he, uh, as you very quickly glossed over in your review, he also directed those really bad Attack on Titan live-action films. Uh, so, <laughs> Anno, uh, okay, and maybe you can shed some light for me on this. Anno falls into a deep depression after ev- the remake Evangel- uh, film Evangelion 3.0 you cannot redo. Now, uh, Matt, uh, I don't know if you know like know the answer to this, but did he fall into a de- depression because of the reactions to that movie, just because working on an Evangelion movie puts him in a deep depression? Like, what? Why Do you know what the... Or just because he just has de- reoccurring depression problems? Uh, I, I, can't, I can't speak for the man. I haven't really seen theories, but I have my own. He's just like, oh my God, I'm going to be making fucking Evangelion shit until I'm dead, aren't I? <laughs> Yeah, he's like either I'm going to be remaking it or people want more or they were (laughs) oh my god I'm so sick of doing this and that's always kind of what leads me to believe like oh let me work on something different for a while and like 
you know, I like Evangelion enough. I'm not like the biggest fan in the world, but it goes reverse order where people have been, I've seen people go, stop fucking wasting your time with this stupid Godzilla shit and make more Evangelion, you old fuck. <laughs> like, 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 I've seen people just angry, like, why is it still, why is he still not making it? Why is he wasting his time on this? Like, it's just one fan base not understanding or caring about the other, but... Yeah, I mean, and, that's, and, that's and not I'm understanding Hideaki Anno. I mean, if you did any research on the guy, like I would never necessarily expect him. I'm shocked he put out the remake movies because he's just a, an obtuse dude with a lot of depression issues and stuff. And the fact that he's that able to output as much as he does is just um, incredible to me that he even did these remake films. Um, I'm like, I'm I'm a pretty big uh, Neon Genesis fan. You but, don't understand how many trillions of yen. Uh, Ray Ayanami yes, merchandise yeah, just course. dumps on his true. door. Of course. Yeah. So uh, Higuchi actually convinces him. He refuses Toho's offer outright. Um, there was some quote where he was just like, I can't even do another Ava movie. How am I going to do a Godzilla <laughs> movie? But Higuchi probably sat down and was just like, dude, we'll make it together. Like, you know, I can, we'll, we'll, we'll support each other through this. The, so, the score is, again, um, uh, done by Shiro Sagisu, who did Neon Genesis Evangelion score. And, and it, there are so it, many. It shows. Yes. There's so many, like, remixes of specific tracks from the Evangelion series that was like so bizarre and awesome to to hear in in uh in the film and, and I mean the film itself is so similar but like Lexi yeah. um my my uh my fiance Lexi she's just seen some Evangelion until like you know I couldn't like get her to watch anymore and uh she even immediately was like this feels just like that show like it just just the 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 bureaucracy the constant sort of discourse happening about what needs to be done the emergency uh efforts happening the way like Mm -hmm. you know all the scientists like screaming at each other and stuff it just sounds so and also there's always that trick he does where he ends every scene with this really like um prophetic line Mm. and then it like has a hard cut into kind of like the next scene where it's like big noise or whatever and it always like he does that so much in his work I don't know if I'm describing that well enough but I never even threaded that together you're absolutely right the moment there's one moment where he's like never um what was it there were some there were a lot of really lovely lines in in the film but there was one where he's like never never had never assume optimism or something like that (laughs) it was just this really cool moment but anyways it was it was hard cut to like action helicopters whatever it's always like this silent into loud kind of Uh, you're ignoring the important part of the film which is that uh godzilla has a tiny mouth at the end of his tail that also shoots lasers (laughs) (laughs) and that whole and that whole ending shot which i feel like i don't want to spoil too much yeah no don't 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 this because i think people actually might go and watch shin godzilla after this everyone watch shin godzilla it's really fantastic it's not without its flaws uh, I, I think Matt would agree, but it's it's a, a damn fine uh, Godzilla film. I think it's about as close as they've ever gotten to the kind of atmosphere and and, and sense of dread and seriousness of the very first film. Yeah. Um. In in fifty four, like I I think it's like because eighty five tried to do that and I don't, I don't think it really succeeded. Uh-huh. But uh, Shin Godzilla definitely do, and there's so much new stuff like. I mentioned before um, uh, having friends watch Godzilla versus uh, Ghidorah and even I've shown people Final Wars and some of them have been kind of like, nah, this is, or, or they fall asleep. Uh, Shin Godzilla <laughs> was one of the few where uh, there was a bunch of people in the theater that I knew 
and a lot of them came away going, that was awesome. Has Godzilla ever been able to do that shit before? And I'm like, what stuff? I'm like, shoot the lasers, the lasers out of all those back. And what? I was pretty drunk when I saw it, right? So <laughs> at, at the ending shot of the film, the very last thing you see, which I won't spoil here, but you guys both have seen it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. Right. The, the, the theater is silent. And the the shots lingering on the last thing you see, and you just hear me out in the corner going, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> what are those? <laughs> What's that?" Um, but but yeah, like um, I I I really wish I don't think it's on Netflix or anything, but I mean it's out there. Yeah, definitely yeah. definitely had, don't uh, pirate it on Kiss Asian and watch it work. <laughs> I um and I think I rented it on Amazon for like four mm-hmm. bucks, mm-hmm. so it's definitely yeah, accessible. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely checked all of like the Hulu, uh, Netflix, and all that, and it wasn't there. But it is so it is so great, and especially if you like Neon Genesis, you'll definitely like this film. I think I uh, think so. If you if you like Godzilla movies, you'll like this film and if and if you don't really know whether or not you like either of those things i think you'll really dig it the first time you see godzilla is the most shocking thing <laughs> it's so cool i i don't know i just i don't it's just so good you mean, it, you mean his first form yes yeah yeah the okay, first I, i'm literally staring at my plushie of his first form <laughs> It's so great. It's I like just, to call him Nubbins. I made me. I I literally just went. That's not Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, anyways, I think that I think that that about covers. I know we didn't cover nearly everything. The we, video it's games. Seventy we could go years. Into. Seventy fucking years. We did a damn good job. The Netflix show. The um. I mean. Yeah, I, what what can you say, uh, Matt? Do you have anything? Do you have anything you want to close it out with? Uh, any any thoughts? Any sentiments about um, all of Godzilla? Um, I, I I'm pretty lucky to be living in this current timeline because if you told me like ten, he says that because he lives ago, in Canada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you told me like 10, 15 years ago, like there you'd be in a kaiju, you know, giant monster renaissance. Right now, I'd be like, "Now you're a liar, future Matt," and then I'd shoot my future self. But <laughs> wait, I didn't like, even get to tell well, you about Guillermo del Toro being an Oscar winner. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what's coming out in a few weeks? An actual movie based on Rampage. You know, yeah. Uh, what's also coming out in a few weeks? Pacific Rim Two, which has yes. even more giant monsters. Then we're gonna have a, a second American Godzilla film that's yep. gonna have four or five different kaiju fighting him, King Ghidorah. Uh, Mothra, uh, Rodan, and then after that, there's going to be a new King Kong versus Godzilla. There, oh, there's yep. there's more anime movies on the way that are going to have Mechagodzilla in it. Like literally living the dream right now of wanting to fall in love with giant monsters, and <laughs> I, I couldn't be happier. It's so fucking cool. Uh, all right, yeah, I I think that's great. I, uh, I think that's it. That does it, Jake, right? We done did it. We done did it. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, If you'd like to, go to our Patreon, whizbrew.com forward slash... Wait, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Also, you can follow me on Twitch, Holdnators Ho, Jake. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at bestjakeyoung, and check out the Dorkly channel on YouTube, where occasionally my dumb fat face appears and I make noises. And uh, Matt, give us all all the, the, the YouTube channel again and all that stuff. Gotta do my socials. Gotta do my socials. Um, I am on social media at on Twitter at Matt McMuscles. 
Um, I also stream on Twitch at uh, Matthew McMuscles. I'm going to be playing Super Seducer, which is the really creepy uh, pickup artist game. That's like an old FMV yeah, game. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hilariously bad. <laughs> um, and I also uh, you you know most people probably know me from Super Best Friends, but like I mentioned before, I have a side channel where I like that's where I put all my Godzilla stuff now because I've seen enough people going. I really wish Matt would shut up about Godzilla. So most of my <laughs> Godzilla related content and and others stupidities are there i i did a review of all the godzilla merchandise i did basically all of my my shin godzillas ones that light up ones that roar really gross ones and uh like i mentioned before you can find that at just matt muscles on youtube uh pretty easy to find Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes. Uh I've been listening for years. Uh I know a lot of our fans have been following uh most of the stuff that cool. you've done. And uh it, I'm glad that uh you know you turned out to be a human being <laughs> and not some like weird psychopath. Yeah, which man. is always as far as far as you know. <laughs> nobody who owns a cat can be evil. And I have two. So. <laughs> um all right, well that's our show. Have a good one, everybody. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.